Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going over my week number two tight end start or sit decisions in every single matchup of week number two. We're going to be going over every single game from Thursday Night Football all the way up until the Monday Night Football doubleheader, and I'll tell you guys whether I like or do not like the tight ends in all of those games. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. While down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure you hit a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy and if you want to check out my patreon to get my weekly rankings as well as any of your questions answered make sure you guys check that out link in the video description for seven dollars and fifty cents so without further ado let's get in to my week number two tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with thursday night football the minnesota vikings at the philadelphia eagles now in week number one dallas goddard put up a grand total of zero fantasy football points right i know for where you drafted dallas goddard that was a complete and utter unmitigated disaster but at the end of the day it was week one going into week number one i told everyone not to panic right in week one a lot of crazy things end up happening right mac jones in the second half of that game turned into Patrick Mahomes, right? So we don't fully believe that week one is exactly how the rest of the season will unfold. So Dallas Goddard putting up a goose egg doesn't really concern me at all. He is still one of the better tight ends in the NFL on one of the better teams in the NFL with one of the best offenses and one of the best quarterbacks. We aren't cutting bait on Dallas Goddard after one down game. I am starting him with supreme confidence up against the Minnesota Vikings defense. I think this is a game where Dallas Goddard bounces back in a big way. TJ Hawkinson for the Vikings now on paper going up against the Eagles defense is going to be rough, right? Like wiping your ass with some sandpaper, but... We just saw Hunter Henry go absolutely nuclear up against the Eagles defense. Do I think that Hawkinson's going to go bananas? Maybe, maybe not. But based upon where you drafted him as a top three tight end in a majority of leagues behind Andrews as well as Kelsey, you're definitely going to be starting TJ Hawkinson week in and week out. Now we move to the Sunday slate, beginning with the Green Bay Packers at the Atlanta Falcons. Now Kyle Pitts was a disaster as well in week number one. Now it almost felt better having the Dallas Goddard down game because you know with Dallas Goddard there are better days ahead right there is sunshine over the horizon at the end of the day Dallas Goddard is going to be just fine in week number two for Kyle Pitts based upon what we saw out of this Arthur Smith offense in week number one I don't feel very confident in Kyle Pitts they do not want to throw the ball they use Bijan and Tyler Algier as the whole entire Atlanta Falcons offense do I think Pitts could bounce back definitely because he is a downright incredible player he proved that in college and he has shown that off in the National Football League but this offense is so heavily predicated on the run that ranking Kyle Pitts in a high matter for fantasy football this week, especially up against the Packers defense, would be foolish. So yes, I am starting Kyle Pitts, but my confidence for him is at an all-time low. Luke Musgrave is a start. He's kind of one of the bottom of the barrel starts. If Christian Watson is not deemed good to go for this game, that would give a slight bump up to Luke Musgrave, who looked good in his first ever start on Sunday up against the Chicago Bears. So again, while I wouldn't be sitting here 
here clamoring for you that you have to start Luke Musgrave, there is definitely a scenario where at the end of week two, Musgrave easily outscores Kyle Pitts. And again, without Christian Watson, potentially, Musgrave is in a really solid situation. And Jordan Love actually looked pretty good in week number one. Now, maybe that's just Fugazi. It's a wazi, it's a woozy because they played up against the Bears defense, but it's not like the Falcons defense are some world beaters. Next up, we move to the loss. Vegas Raiders at the Buffalo Bills. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills were flopping like a fish out of water in week number one. The Jets lose Aaron Rodgers 17 seconds into the game, right? And then all Josh Allen does, instead of just, you know, taking these safe plays and just moving the ball, maybe kicking some field goals, I get it. The Jets' defense is not a cupcake matchup, right? It was going to be a tough matchup for Josh Allen. But why is Josh Allen not just dumping the ball off, playing safe? Instead, this guy tries to play some hero ball and throw the ball super deep into triple coverage all the time. You don't have to do that, Josh. Now, going up against the Las Vegas Raiders is a way easier task, right? It's like going from solving some crazy quadratic formula to solving what is 2 plus 2, right? Josh Allen should be in for a huge bounce-back game up against the Raiders, but it did kind of stink because that felt like a game where Kincaid, who got a decent amount of targets, could have really flourished if Josh Allen didn't just turn over the ball a million times. Now, it was very clear in that game that Dawson Knox is still going to be involved in the offense, right? If they get to the red zone, there's a chance that while Dalton Kincaid might have caught a 15-yard pass and landed on the one-yard line, if they throw the ball in the red zone, it could lead to a Dawson Knox touchdown. Obviously, that isn't the best for Dalton Kincaid, but when push comes to shove, this wide receiver core in Buffalo isn't very talented, so I think Kincaid is going to earn targets as the season prolongs. Great matchup up against the Raiders. I think he could score in this game, thus making me feel confident in starting him. For Dawson Knox, if something was to happen to Dalton Kincaid, knock on wood, we don't root for injuries, then Knox would be fantasy relevant, but right now he is definitely playing second fiddle to Kincaid. Michael Mayer didn't really do anything in his first ever game up against the Broncos. I do really believe coming out of college, this is a talented player. I think at some point in his career, he will be fantasy relevant, but right now, even with Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G spot, Jimmy Guap looking so good in week number one, I simply will not start him up against the Bills. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I know on the score sheet, on paper, the Ravens steamrolled through the Houston Texans. But if you actually watched the game, you would have realized that, hey, the Ravens offense didn't really look good here. Lamar Jackson looked all out of sorts. He was fumbling the ball. He wasn't really throwing the ball as good as I thought he would. And it was kind of a down game for him. Now, when we talk about Lamar Jackson, even though he was kind of having an off game, it looked like Joe Burrow had no clue what the fuck he was doing, despite the fact that they just gave him a big contract, right? They gave him one of those big checks that you get when you win the lottery. They backed up the Brinks truck for him. He was even worse, right? This Bengals offense could not get it up. They were in need of a Viagra and all of the gas stations and Walgreens were closed. He couldn't get one. So things weren't looking great for the Bengals. Now, Joe Burrow has struggled in his career in week number one. This is nothing new for Joe Shiesty. He wasn't able to practice all offseason because of that injury that he suffered in camp. So I'm not really saying that Joe Burrow's finished. It was just like, wow, two quarterbacks I thought would have decent, at least week ones, didn't do all that good. Marky Mark Andrews did not play in week number one based upon everything I have read. Seems like he's going to be good to go for week number two, but obviously something to monitor. If he does, 
doesn't go. Now we know very clearly, don't start Isaiah Likely. That was some fool's gold in week number one. Irv Smith, I do think he's going to be involved decently in this offense. The problem is, though, when you have Teehee Higgins, another guy who put up a big fat zero like Dallas Goddard. Jamar Chase, Tyler, yeah, Boyd, and Joe Mixon as well. There's just a little too many cooks in the kitchen for me to be confident in Irv Smith in this matchup. Next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. The Lions beat the Chiefs in week one. The Seahawks get the shit beat out of them by Matt Stafford and the LA Rams. So Sam Laporta was involved decently in this offense in week one. I think week two up against a defense that looked incredibly soft in Seattle. We should see some more Sam Laporta. I was a huge fan of this guy all offseason long. There really seemed to be so many positive reports out of rookie camp, out of training camp, out of preseason that, hey, this guy's the clear tight end one on the team ahead of guys like Brock Wright. And I, it seemed like I was right in thinking that Sam Laporta was a talented tight end. If he gets on the score sheet, you're going to be happy. If he doesn't, you might be a little bit sad. But at the end of the day, there are so many tight ends where, you know, you're not Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, where if you don't get that tight end, you're probably not going to do too, or you don't get that touchdown, you're probably not going to do too well anyways. But Laporta is relatively safe due to the fact that I can see him getting five, six targets in this spot. Noah Fant is a sit because while Noah Fant was a guy that when he was drafted to Denver, there were a lot of fantasy analysts that were just blowing this guy week in and week out, giving him the gawk, gawk 9,000. But ultimately in Seattle, they just used too many fucking tight ends for Noah Fant to ever actually be super fantasy relevant, right? You're like, oh, wow, the tight end scored. Who is it? Oh, it's this guy. It's not Noah Fant, right? It's some random tight end. And then when you think, oh, was it Kobe Parkinson? No, some other bastard you've never even heard of. So with Seattle using so many tight ends, it is just you know, I'm not saying Noah Fant's career is over because he's talented enough of a player to keep going to multiple different teams after this, but uh, his fantasy relevancy is dwindling at a rapid rate. I don't even think in most leagues he's owned. Next up, we move to game number six, the Los Angeles Chargers at the LA Titan. So Gerald Everett and Chig are basically interchangeable. Now I have Everett listed as a start and Chig listed as a sit strictly because the Chargers offense was at least able to move the ball and the Tennessee Titans offense looked like Ryan Tannehill had been drinking all night long. He showed up hungover, and unlike Johnny Football, he can't perform hungover, right? Chig Akankuwu just was wide open on a play. That would have been a touchdown, and I'm not talking about, like, wide open where... Tyreek's wide open because at the very last second, he ran four yards past the DB and there's no catching him, right? The guy's got the speed of Lightning McQueen. But Chig, there was literally no one within the same state of this motherfucker in the New Orleans Saints stadium, right? And Ryan Tannehill just doesn't give him the ball. So while I think Chig is a really talented player... His value is detracted by one Ryan Tannehill playing like dog shit week one. I think he does bounce back slightly, but they got D-Hop. They got Derrick Henry. They also have Traylon Burks. So with Chig, I don't think you should necessarily cut bait on him. He could have a decent game. Again, he's interchangeable with Gerald Everett. I have Everett listed as a start because I actually trust Justin Herbert, the pervert. But if you wanted to go for the upside of Chig over Everett, I'm not really going to have some type of hissy fit with you in the comment section. Next up, we move to the Chicago, Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Cade Otten 
actually looked all right in week number one. Baker Mayfield really surprised many people. I am someone who will always be a Baker Mayfield guy. I just liked him a lot coming out of college. I was rooted for him as the Cleveland Browns quarterback. And obviously, he got the short end of the stick as they kicked him out of there to go to Carolina. Then he went to the Rams, and now he is on Tampa Bay. This is kind of his last shot at it, right? Last chance you, the Netflix fucking show, right? This is his last real go at it. If he doesn't look good like he did in week one for the rest of the season, there's probably a scenario where he is just a backup for the rest of his career, which obviously sucks based upon how highly touted Baker was, but I don't necessarily think he's just out of the NFL next season if he doesn't get it done for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, though, they have Mike Williams. They have Trey Palmer emerging. They have Chris Godwin. Rashad with two A's white loves to catch the rock. So Otten is kind of, again, just like an odd man out. And, you know, Baker's very up and down every single game. He's a lot like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I talked about this last week, right? There's going to be games where Baker's on fire. He's grabbing his nutsack on the sideline, making fun of guys. He ran over a Vikings guy and told him to get his weight up. It was funny. But there's going to be games where Baker is getting annihilated behind the offensive line. He's throwing stupid picks like Ryan Fitzpatrick would. So, hey, Dodden. I think he's a good player, just not a start-worthy guy. Cole Komet, like, what the fuck was, was the Chicago Bears offense? They barely even threw the ball over the line of scrimmage. If you look at the chart, the NFL, I don't even know what it's called, like NFL Advanced Metrics? I don't know, whatever it's called. Sorry, that I don't remember the name. I saw it tweeted on Twitter a bunch of times. They basically chart all the passes, like how far away is it? You see Tua... Uh, my quarterback of the Dolphins, bro, is throwing it to the left, the right, the middle, 30 yards down the field, 40 yards down the field, five feet away from him. Throw it all over the place, all over the board. And then you see Justin Fields, and he's throwing the ball like six inches away from him, right? A, a normal cock length away from Justin Fields. And uh, yeah, that's where the ball is going, right? So while DJ Moore, wiki wiki, might break off some huge play or while, you know, maybe Chase Claypool decides to catch the ball for once or Darnell, here comes the Mooney or maybe... Well, Herbert does it. That offense was wicked bad in week number one. And I just don't really trust Cole Komet right now. And the Bucks defense, again, do I think the Bucks are going to go out there and be one of the better defenses in the league all season long? No. I definitely think the Packers defense is better than the Bucks defense. But the way the Bucks kind of got into Kirk Cousins' head really scares me with how shit Justin Fields looked in week number one. Again, I'm not telling you guys to panic on Fields, but... Cole Komet just, like, he got the bag. Congratulations, but he's not that great. Moving now to the Kansas City Chiefs at the Jacksonville Jaguars. But before we break this game down at the tight end position, as well as the rest of the games on the week number two slate, I would like to give guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em for the NFL in the universe. And they have a great offer for you guys on Thursday night, the Eagles versus the Minnesota Vikings. You got to go ahead and pick Jalen Hurts higher than half of a total yard. All he has to do is get one total yard and you match that with one other pick. For instance, you can go with Justin Jefferson higher than seven receptions. If both of those hit, you can go ahead and get three times your entry on that. If you want to add in a third pick, you'd get six times, a fourth pick, your 10 times. And 
and a fifth pick, you would get 20 times your entry fee. If you want to check out Underdog Fantasy, make sure you check out the link in the video description for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. And you have to be in one of the states that are on your screen right now. If you use that link or type in promo code Notorious, you get a first match deposit bonus up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give an additional $100. If you do $50, additional $50, $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. So make sure you guys check that out. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, Chiefs at Jaguars. Now, it does appear based upon everything that I've read across... Across? What an idiot this guy is. Across the internet, across the interwebs, that Travis Kelsey is going to be GTG. Not got to go, good to go for week number two. Now, obviously, this is something to monitor. You don't want to play Travis Kelsey if for some reason... He has a setback. It doesn't go. Again, the Chiefs are a team looking for the Lombardi Trophy, right? They're looking on the long haul. They're not going to roll Travis Kelsey out there, even if there is just like an inkling of him not being good to go, right? If they worry slightly, there's a minor setback, right? Maybe he fucking has a hangnail on his pinky toe, then they're going to sit him down. So if Kelsey does go, which I assume he will, then Wheels up for him as the tight end one on the week. This, on paper, Vegas totals should be the highest scoring matchup. A tit-for-tat, rock'em-sock'em robots affair. Both teams beating the shit out of each other. So, I like Kelsey. Obviously, doesn't matter which defense he's playing though, right? Obviously, the Jags, a great matchup for him. He could be going up against the 85 Bears, and I'm still playing Kelsey with confidence. EZE, Evan Ingram, didn't really show out too much in week number one. He is a guy that now with Calvin Ridley there, they also have Zay Jones, they have Travis Etienne, they have Christian Kirk, they have Tank Bigsby, right? There's a whole lot of target competition in Jacksonville. There really is. Now, Christian Kirk... Basically, was just running fucking sprints out there, right? He didn't do shit. And the Jags offense in the second half looked a little limp dick. But in week number two, up against the Chiefs, I expect them to be up bright and early. I expect them to be ready for this game. And I expect Evan Ingram to have a load of upside in this spot. You're certainly not sitting him. Moving next to the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. This is actually an awesome matchup to watch. Now, on paper, are these teams that are really good? Fuck no, baby. These might be some of the worst teams in the NFL. But you get Anthony Richardson versus CJ Stroud in their second ever games. Seems as though Richardson is going to be good to go from what I saw today being reported. CJ Stroud played just eh up against the Ravens or maybe even slightly below eh. And then Richardson looked really uh, much better than I thought he would in game number one. I was a big Anthony Richardson truther in the offseason, but I thought, hey, week one, you don't really need to roll him out there. But I was wrong. He played really well, and it seems like he's going to be good to go for this game. At the tight end position, though, we are going to keep it short and sweet like Kyler Murray's height. Kylan Granson seems like the number one tight end. They also have my boy Mo Money, Mo Cox for the Colts. Jelani Woods is on the IR. Again, Richardson doesn't really throw the ball heavily to the tight end. So Kylan Granson, Mo Alley Cox, they are fades. No one even fucking owns Kylan Granson. You could be in a 32-team league, and I'm sure someone's starting a backup tight end over Granson. Dalton Schultz was a guy that I was ecstatic to draft early on the offseason. As we got closer and closer to draft season, I started to kind of 
drop him down my rankings a little, but I was still pretty high on him. I thought, you know what? This guy looked really good in Dallas. He's moving seven feet from Houston, uh, from Dallas to Houston, and a lot of times the rookie quarterbacks do like to dump the ball off a lot to the tight ends. Now, that wasn't really the case week one. Again, week one isn't necessarily the blueprint towards the rest of the season. Maybe Dalton Schultz bounces back. Maybe he's a lot more involved than we saw in week number one, but again, I don't want to fully panic and say, hey, Dalton Schultz is a bust, right? It's just one fucking game. But at the end of the day, it's week two. I don't really want to be starting Dalton Schultz in this spot. Moving next to the San Francisco 49ers at the L. A Rams, George Kittleme Timbers didn't really have all that great of a week one affair as Brandon Ayuk double pumped like he was playing Fortnite, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I think that George Kittle should be in for a decent spot here. We did see last season that big cock Brock Purdy loved feeding the ball down the throat of George Kittle. Obviously, Kittle is one of the biggest boom or bust tight ends in fantasy football, especially based upon where you drafted him, right? You had to draft him reasonably high. Now, he wasn't like a top three round pick or something like in prior years but when you drafted them you you had to have known that right because there's gonna be games where Kittle is hitting the fucking Hingle McCringleberry hitting the double pump or triple pump in the end zone just swinging his cock around like Indiana Jones having a huge game and there's gonna be games where Kittle's doing his best Houdini impression he's invisible on the stat sheet now he's out there laying pancakes like he works at the Waffle House but in the actual fantasy scoring, you don't get any points for the pancake block. So Kittle should be good in this game against the Rams. I know the Rams shellacked. They slapped up forehand, backhand, like another key and peel sketch. The Seattle Seahawks, I expect them to come down to earth there, though up against the Niners. The Niners in the past have been pretty good up against Sean McVay. Tyler Higby was all right in week number one. I did expect a little bit more greatness out of him, but unless you had Hunter Henry, you didn't really have a great score at the tight end position anyways. I think Higby is in for a decent game yet again without Cooper Cup. I know Puka Nakua is the second coming of Randy Moss, but Tyler Higby is still going to be getting the rock. Moving next to the new York football giants at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Darren Waller was reported that that injury he's been dealing with is going to linger all season. And that injury, same one that he had last season that kept him out of a lot of games. Now, I was someone that was given the metaphorical gawk gawk 9,000 to Darren Waller. I talked about how where he was going in drafts. I don't give a damn about his injury history. All I want is the upside i feel like this guy has so much upside i feel like he could be the tight end one at the end of the year dethrone kelsey and sit atop the iron throne now as we're in week two guy doesn't do shit in week one the giants are just terrible in week one they get just raw dogged in that game 40 to zero but it's week two they get the cardinals knock on wood for waller staying healthy if waller can stay healthy in this game Against the Cardinals, I know that Daniel Jones looked like he was seeing ghost Sam Donald style in week one. I think in week two up against the Cardinals, this is a big get-right game for Brian Dayball to, to put his Brian Dayballs on the forehead of John Gannon or Rich Gannon, whatever the fuck the name is of the Cardinals head coach. So yeah, should be a big game out of Mr. Waller. Zach Ertz saw a whole lot of targets, a whole lot of red like uh, Playboy Cardi, but... Do we really want to trust any Cardinals players? And do we really trust that that's going to be the case going forward? Like every game we're going to see Ertz getting that many targets? I don't really think so. Moving forward, we move to the other Jets or the other New York team, the Jumbo Jets at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt has sunk the metaphorical battleship 
of Tyler Conklin, right? I was feeling a little spicy about Conklin, like Rodgers, when he has a good tight end, likes to throw him the rock. So, hey, maybe Tyler Conklin ends up not being half bad. Now, I know, Nick, uh, last year Conklin was pretty good with Zach Wilson, uh, Mike White, and uh, Joe Flacco. Sure, but against the Cowboys defense, if you were ever going to take a chance on Conklin, I don't think it should be this game. Jake Ferguson, another one of those guys that is on the fringe, right? If you said, Nick, I'd rather start Jake Ferguson over Gerald Everett, over Dalton Kincaid, Luke Musgrave, I'm not going to have some crazy argument with you, right? He's a top 20 tight end in my rankings. He's not a guy that I'm overwhelmingly super excited about because they got a lot of weapons in Dallas. But what I will say is if... Brandon Cooks isn't able to go. He didn't practice today. I think he's going to play. But if he isn't able to go, then there is even more reason to kind of maybe hop or hop, jip, jip, hop, jump, skip your way over to uh, playing Jake Ferguson this week. But the Jets defense, rock solid. We got the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders at the Denver Broncos for the next game here, the final game before Sunday night football uh Logan Thomas they've got another tight end on that team I like Sam Howell but uh he didn't look great in week one up against the putrid Cardinals defense and uh the Broncos defense while they didn't completely subdue Jimmy Guap and Jacoby Myers Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams of the Raiders this is a different ball game here. This is the commander's offense, and the Broncos' defense is pretty good. Maybe they had a bit of growing pains in week one, but I expect them to be a solid defense in the National Football League. Maybe not top five, but certainly a top 12 defensive unit based upon who they've got out there right now. So Logan Thomas, to me, is a clear sit. Uh, Dolchich is expected to miss multiple weeks with a hamstring injury, which would lead the fish man, Adam Troutman, to be the lead tight end on the team. Now, it seemed like Sean Payton was having a bit of a love affair for Adam Troutman in the offseason, kind of in the preseason. We're seeing a lot more Troutman, less Dolchich. Uh, so maybe now Sean Payton gets his fucking wish. He rubbed the genie and are uh, the, what's that called? Whatever the fuck that thing is that the genie's trapped in that you gotta rub, you know? I bet Deshaun Watson wishes he was Aladdin's lamp the way they were feeling up that thing, but, uh, yeah, I just don't really trust Adam Troutman. I don't think you guys do either. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. Helps me out a ton. Moving next to Sunday Night Football. The my Miami Dolphins at... The New England Patriots, the Deflatriots in Foxborough. Now, Hunter Henry went ballistic in week one up against that Eagles defense. He took him to pound town. Will he be able to do the same against the Dolphins? My best guess would be probably. The Dolphins defense was laughably bad in week one. I was someone that was really high on Fangio, Vic Fangio, shape-shifting this defense into something great. Now, I know... Ramsey wasn't there, right? He's out for at least until like November, December, something like that. But sure, like even without Ramsey, I thought maybe the defense would be a little bit better. Now they showed up at the end. Uh, they were all over Justin Herbert, the pervert on the final drive, which was great to get us the W. But Hunter Henry, if if Mac 
feeds him like he did in week one. I think Hunter Henry could reasonably be a top five tight end. Yet again, he's really skilled. I really liked him in LA with the Chargers, with old man Phil Rivers, who has enough kids to fucking fill up a whole entire offense. I bet you he's tapping his wife as we speak. So he got a defense as well to have the whole game 11 on 11 football. So Hunter Henry... Could be good against the Dolphins, I would think. Now, my boy Mike Licky on my Gasicki uh, revenge game against the Dolphins. Maybe he skadoodles his way, skadoodles his way into the end zone and hits the fucking gritty. Now, I do love Mike Gasicki. So, as long as the Dolphins win, if Gasicki scores, he's hitting the gritty. It'll be funny, and I would be actually happy for that. But what do I think is actually going to happen? I think we're going to get a heavy dosage of Hunter Henry. Durham Smythe actually looked pretty good up against the LA Chargers, which was a little bit shocking. I have seen Smythe in the past. He's one of those guys that last year, like, you're like, holy shit, Gasicki finally scored. Because for some reason you started Gasicki. You're like, oh my God, thank the football gods above. And then it flashes on the screen. It's like Durham Smythe touchdown and you fucking launch your remote at the television. So, yeah, Durham Smythe did actually look pretty decent, though, in week one. I don't think he'll ever be startable, though, in fantasy because they have Tyreek and Waddle and decent running back core. Moving next to Monday Night Football Part 1 of Dose. The Saints at the Panthers. Saints looked like shit against the Titans, let's be honest. That was a bad game. Now, Carr, I didn't think it looked bad or... Michael Thomas or Chris Olave, but, like, that was a bad game, right? With how bad Ryan Tannehill looked, that should have been a 40-0 to skunk like what the Cowboys did to the Giants. It really should have been an old-school beatdown, but it wasn't. So, is that telling? Like, do we need to fully overreact to Week 1? I don't think so, but it's like, wow, that wasn't the best. Jawan Johnson seems to still be the number one tight end. We are still very much in danger. Like, they get to the red zone, you saw... And in the corner of the end zone, they throw the ball to a tight end. And you're like, oh, great throw from Carr. Which tight end is it? It's fucking Taysom Hill. Now, he didn't score on that play. But we all know deep down, Taysom Hill is some type of blackmail on the Saints organization to be the reason why he's still on the team. And yeah, he was there when they blocked that crazy kick. He was in on that. Now, he didn't get, didn't make the play, but he was there, right? You saw him out there with his one glove like he's Teddy Bridgewater. So, or Teddy Bridgewater wears two gloves. That joke sucked. But uh, if the glove doesn't fit, we do not acquit OJ Simpson. So uh, Jawan Johnson, he is going to be a start up against the Panthers defense. Not the most ideal start, but he is pretty solid. Hayden Hurst looked really good in week one against the Falcons. A lot of people I saw, I was looking at other people's rankings because I make mine. I look at others' rankings, try to see what other people are thinking, right? Am I like crazy for ranking Hayden Hurst super high? I don't have Hayden Hurst ranked high, but I just saw a lot of people have him ranked like tight end 25 which based upon how Bryce Young was targeting him especially in the red zone it would seem like if the Panthers do score there's a pretty good chance that Hayden Hurst is at least targeted um when they're trying to get there in the red zone right so Hayden Hurst is a start but he's definitely touchdown reliant but the same thing could be said about Jawan Johnson final game here we have the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Browns looked rejuvenated in week one. Now, I know people were shitting on Watson because of the one dumb play that he made, but besides that, I thought he looked decent again. Uh, it just seems like a lot of people hate Deshaun Watson, which I get, right? Why people don't like the guy, but this is fantasy football, right? I don't really give a shit about the person that is behind 
the fantasy points, right? All I care about is how good the player is. And Watson looked way better than last season. I think he's going to continue to get better and better and better. Will he end up being like a top three quarterback or maybe the best quarterback in the NFL like he was back in his days in Houston? Maybe, maybe not. But as long as he's a top 12, top 10-ish quarterback, guys like Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Nine-ish Nicholas Chubb, Elijah Moore, can feast this year. The Steelers are pretty good against the run, but then again, they just got their back blown out by Christian McCaffrey. And again, Nick, the run game isn't very important. We're not talking about the running backs, you stupid fuck. We're talking about the tight ends. It is important because I think the Browns' success is predicated on 9-inch Nicholas Chubb, right? If they are running the ball effectively, then it opens stuff up in the passing game. I like Njoku. Uh, there was a lot of talk all offseason about, and I've talked about this a bunch, so I'm trying not to like beat a dead horse, but... Watson doesn't throw to the tight end. Well, that's because in Houston, his tight, best tight end was like Darren fucking Fell. So what do you expect out of that? So Ninjoku, think, could be in for a solid game. Fryermuth is dealing with a chest injury, but is expected to play without Deontay Johnson, more than likely in this game. I think we see a healthy dosage of Patrick Fryermuth. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as hit that like button down below. If you missed the running back, wide receiver, or quarterback start sit video, make sure you guys check that out on the channel as well. If you want to subscribe to the Patreon for $7.50, you get my weekly rankings as well as answers to every single question that you guys could have. You just send it to me on there. I'm guaranteed to answer. I try to answer every single YouTube comment. There's a lot of them, but I always try to get to them, but you're guaranteed to get your answer on Patreon. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great one. Again, make sure you guys hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed. Hope you guys have a great rest of your guys' night, and I'll see you guys tomorrow on Thursday for a video in the morning, and then at night, Thursday Night Football live stream. Love you guys. Have a great one. As always, good boy.